Hello and welcome everyone to this next interview with one of my favourite astrologers in the world, Michael. Hello. Hi, honey. It's good to see you. Thank you for having me here. Anytime. We are the Joy Astrologers, just so you know. You've got to remember that that's our little tagline. Um, and always, as you know, I'm super pumped to be talking astrology, um, which I've been doing this whole panel. Uh, and today we get to, you know, dive into some great territory with Michael, actually, um, some really powerful, profound stuff that will be happening with Pluto and the North Node, which is really exciting. But as we know, the same question that comes up in every interview is, you know, tell us your astrology journey, how it landed, how, you know, how, how you've been yeah. navigating it. Want to hear it? You no, know, in some ways, my fascination with Pluto and why I said to you I wanted to talk about Pluto is because I just love Pluto. Part of why that is is because when I first got into astrology in in earnest, uh, was the '90s, and I was moving into my Pluto square Pluto. Yes. Um, so I was in a major Pluto transit within the first three or four years of me dabbling with astrology. And because I have a Sagittarius rising, I knew that Pluto was going to be crossing my ascendant. At that time, it was going to be, it felt like far away, but like I lived through Pluto crossing my ascendant. And so I have a profound respect for not only just Pluto in astrology, but what it is to follow the arc of life through the change of transformation that Pluto brings. Love so my, my initial introduction to astrology was my first reading when I was like 24 years old. And the, the woman made a chart copy for me. So I had a visual of the chart she had made. And again, you know, back then she had to do it, you know, by hand. And because I knew and recognized the glyph for Mars and Venus as the masculine symbol and the feminine symbol, that clicked open this thing that I'm looking at the chart while I'm listening to her and I just have this feeling that I get it or that I remembered it or that it seemed wildly familiar to me. Cut to the 90s and I just start exploring what's new on what was brand new then, the internet. Mm -hmm. And suddenly sitting in my office on my computer, I could start reading about astrology and I just got grabbed. And so for a good two years, all I did was eat, live, breathe and, and look at charts. I read every like the mailman. Come in, let me read your charts. You know what time you were born? Like yeah. anybody who I could sit with. Um, and what I discovered was a couple of things. One was what led me to how I help and serve people today, both as a psychologist, but also as an mm -hmm. astrologer is just so like, I don't know how people who don't use astrology get through life. Like, I just don't know how they do it. How? It's how does that most happen? profound contextual tool. But I also found that just on a personal level, I always had and still do have this kind of outrageous sensitivity in my body to motion, to energy of just being on the planet. And I had all sorts of myths about that when I was younger, like, oh, I get sick all the time or I'm this or I'm that. It's like that, none of that was true. I just feel the movement. And once I had astrology to reflect and contextualize what my body was feeling, I suddenly was like reborn and it, it, it was 
a revelation that the feelings I had in my body were already responding to an energetic system that I could learn how to masterfully read. Yeah. And so I did. And here we are. <laughs> it's like astrology became the container for you because you felt so yes. boundless. Yes. And, and yes. God, Jerry, that's gorgeous language. Yes. yes. Exactly. Well, because that boundlessness, you know, it's, 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 una, you, you can't put your finger on it. And then astrology gives you this amazing container to be able that's to right. contextualize it. It's, it's amazing. And yeah, I'm, as you know, exactly the same um, when it comes to, I don't know how people live without it, you know, like I'm like, and, and to be a psychologist as well, you know, how hand in hand astrology and psychology go, you know, and that's the funny thing when being in this spiritual entertainment industry, as I call it, you know, people think that you just constantly go and see healers and Reiki and all that stuff. And I'm not saying that anything's wrong with that because there's not, there is a time and place for that, but I see a psychologist, you know, like I don't see a healer. I see a psychologist Um, (laughs) and astrology and psychology work well. And I remember my psychologist years ago going, you know, until people want real change, you know, they'll keep seeing healers because there's this, there's this sort of addiction, you know, you just keep going back, you keep going back. But when you work with psychology and astrology, yes, yeah. then when you see maybe an energy worker of, of validity and, and, and power, things can shift for you. But if that's all you're doing, it's often not enough because you're not getting into the internal uh, mind map that we are. And, and, and the chart just has everything there, you know, it's all there. All it's there. All there. Yes. So love, love the stories. And, and that's one of been one of my favorite parts of this panel is asking that question because we just get to riff on what landed for everyone yeah. when they first got into astrology and it's great. So your topic today is this Pluto North Node trine, which so yeah. excited about this nodal shift. And you've called it the global Dharmic shift because you're going to touch on the Pluto return in, in America, which I think yeah. is really great. Um, so, yeah, you know, everyone knows that I'm going to sit here and take some notes and only interject if I feel, but I want to hear all the things and we'll have a conversation. Right. And, um, yeah. yeah, let's let's dive in. Let's dive into this awesome topic. So we have to start a conversation about next year's Pluto energy by starting with 2007 and eight, that when Pluto changed signs, us astrologers, you know, before that sign change, we're very interested in what was gonna happen on the planet with regard to the social, governmental, and financial structures of the world, because Capricorn, the sign that Pluto was in right now, invented all of that, that that Saturn uh, as the Capricorn planet and Jupiter Sagittarius creates structure and expansion that is the world. So when you walk into your bank, you have Capricorn to thank. When you get some mail, you have Capricorn to thank, right? When you buy a house, you have Capricorn to thank. So when Pluto moved into that sign in 2007 and back again and then in again in an eight, that was the Great Recession. It was almost to the month that Bear Stearns fell, like when Pluto first ingressed Capricorn. So we, we've got to respect the fact that Pluto's journey through Capricorn has almost been exclusively about destroying the old structures that are outdated, outmoded, no longer applicable to modern expanded life and consciousness. 
And man, is the old guard grabbing and grabbing and grabbing, trying to make that not occur. Mm. But there it there you have it. And so we inch the story along then to 2019, looking forward to the idea that now Pluto, after having been for many years, destroying, breaking down, shifting things that didn't look like they could be changed, because that's what Pluto does. He changes even the unchangeable. We, we, we get ready for this wild meeting between Pluto, Saturn, and Jupiter, all in Capricorn that happened in January in 2021. And man, did that not disappoint. I remember being on the phone with one of my pals, a local gallows and astrologer, just cackling. One of the things we cackled about was your continent almost burned itself off the planet that month. And the virus came out of China and President Trump was impeached for the first time. It was like the world was breaking down. What we didn't know was the virus was going to be a consciousness to assist in that process, um, which is we can see that now because we're, you know, almost two years through. But you could clock 2020s in with the astrology to the day. I mean, it was, there were crazy times for me just watching how the astrology would be reflecting world events, you know, in big ways with Pluto and Saturn that came together three times in that year. And each time he did, there was a big escalation of change, transformation and breakdown. Um, even here in the States, I love this. This was very funny to me. There was a week of yummy transits with the moon and maybe some personal planets, just a yummy week, followed by an edgy week with lots of squares. During the yummy trines was the Democratic Convention where everybody was talking about what's good for all and how we're going to care for humanity. And then in the Republican Convention, which was all about like white America trying to stay white and racist, what were all the squares? I was like, wow. This is such a lesson for the astrologer who's not looked at world events quite as closely as I have in the last few years as an astrologer. But now I'm starting to do that. Part of why is because one of the things that I noticed in 2020 was that all of the planets, social and outer, were making contact with the nodes of the moon during the year. So if we think of the nodes of the moon as the collective arc of time itself, south node is the past, north node is the future as we create it, we experience time linearly, and that consciousness is reflected in the north node as the future we are creating. I sometimes call the north node of the moon like the drill bit, the diamond-headed drill bit that goes first that creates the next moment that we then fill. So the North Node is that moment's anticipation, mm -hmm. if you will, and yeah, it's collective. We all are moving towards the same drill bit through space into time that has not yet emerged, right? Except for the people that are holding on desperately to the South Node and not- To the South Node, well, and like get ready for next year because yeah. I think that's the 2022 sort of thing. Yeah. What I noticed, which blew my mind, was that every transit that hit the north node of the moon last year, whether it was Chiron hitting the north node, reflecting moments of viral shifts, 
that were global, or Uranus, the Great Awakener, bringing about sudden shifts that matched current events. It was like, wow, these nodal transits are lining up with current events in a way that was just so outrageously exact. And this astrologer loves precision. So I loved that. And also, I've been an astrologer for 25 years, but I've never, I, I haven't turned on the news before a few years ago. Now I, I do it because I have a responsibility as an astrologer to marry current events and astrology. But that's a relatively new idea for me. Yeah. Um, because I just haven't focused on that in the way that a lot of other astrologers have. So this notion of watching the nodes being transited by Chiron or Uranus or Jupiter or Saturn and <coughs> very definitive <coughs> reflections of stuff that you could follow, who this is the direction the collective is going in. So that when I looked at 2022, so here we are in 2022 <laughs> land, and I noticed that A, the nodes of the moon are changing signs. So that means the collective is gonna be entering a brand new like milieu, a different sensation of how we move forward and what's behind us. And so the forward notion, and maybe you've already talked about this with other panels, the forward motion north node in Taurus leads us to more love. Venus ruled, Taurus leads us into the loving future. But as you so aptly mentioned, lots of people on the planet who are trying to keep the old structures in place, that psyche is akin to being attached to the south node that will be moving into Scorpio, the sign ruled by, guess who? Pluto, the planet of death and rebirth. And so now, to consider what it might be on the planet to have Pluto, the planet of change and transformation, usher us in with a trine to the future we are creating. Think about the power of Pluto significantly. Think about Pluto in 2007, global recession of the biggest magnitude. Think about Pluto in 2020. Well, what do I have to say other than 2020? That's how powerful Pluto is. So now we take all of the breakdowns that have occurred, and now we're sort of in the humpy dumpties splattered on the sidewalk and the shit's everywhere. And we're starting <laughs> attempting to put Humpty Dumpty back together again. I think that's what 2022 is. The reconstruction, and this is now, this is the loftiest, bestest possibility of early in the year having Pluto trying the North Node is that those of us who can grapple with that idea of move towards love, move towards care for all, move towards a global harmony. Taurus invented the earth herself. She says, love all on the earth. I am your mother, treat me well. <laughs> That's what Taurus is saying. And so we, we meet this trine in February. It's almost as if to say, the big crashing wave that was behind us, that is 2020 and 2021, sort of leads us off in February of 2022 to the new shore. Here's the new world that you have created. 
Now, <laughs> that's the world we've created. I mean, the whole thing, not just the lovely Venusian language I'm using of moving towards love and care for all. You know, we, we don't get to pretend it's different than it is. It's world on life's terms that we're being, you know, invited to sort of flow into, which means a lot is broken and a lot has to be fixed. So I don't see this trine to the North Node as like evidence that it's going to be a yummy, good and comfortable, beautiful year. I think it's an important moment of a profound arrival into the new landscape that is not really built up yet as a new landscape. It's just what's left when the old landscape was pummeled in 2020 and 2021. And so as someone who feels a desire and a need to participate in the usherance uh, toward a world with more love, I'm excited and pleased by Pluto trining the North Node next year. I think it's a wave that many of us can ride, you know. Um, but it, you know, it doesn't go without its challenges. As you mentioned, the Pluto return of the United States chart is next year too. And the problem of racism in America is exploding. And it ain't like, it, it's not, you know, it's sort of quiet in some ways this year, but it's rumbling up below the surface. And that, that I don't want to say that frightens me, but I'm, I'm aware of that the Pluto return next year is the pinnacle of stuff that's been building for the last couple of years. And that's going to be part of the Pluto trying the North Node. It's like, this is the world you've created. Here you are. Deal with it. And the last thing I'll say about Pluto is, is that, it ain't that far from now that he changes signs and that's going to be an ass kicking transit or ingress really is the better word for that. When Pluto moves into Aquarius, I think, you know, watch out for those changes and transformations at a very, very high level, having, I think, a lot also to do with challenges in the global community that's created by intelligence and, and the internet and, and AI, because that's an invention of Aquarius. So, the trine from Pluto to the North Node has a loveliness in it, but between the Pluto return of the United States being part of that and the fact that in just about a year or so and a half, he moves and begins his ingress into the next sign over while other planets are doing similar ingressing. <laughs> I think we got some hot years ahead, um, but we meet the world on its own terms as we segue into 2022. Mm, yeah. And I think that what we've got to remember too with sextiles and trines. So the Pluto will be trining uh, the North Node and sextiling the South Node. So there's these opportunities to heal, there's these opportunities. But if you don't take the opportunity, well, it's right. still there. And that's, that's the right. biggest thing. And especially Pluto, like especially that Plutonic. It's sometimes the Pluto archetype or Scorpionic archetype is very. I'd rather self-destruct than fucking yep. change and things like that. Yes. We're looking at fixed That's right. Signs here, you know, the nodes are going to be in these fixed signs. So it's, it, yeah. there is this invitation to, you know, I call them the love and death nodes. Like, you know, that's sort of my, my tagline for these nodes, because it is, it's, we're moving yeah. towards this unity. Towards love, love or, or hang out with death. 
Yeah, and, and the death of the old is natural. It's going to come. It's a cycle. It's actually a part of life. So Natural. When, yeah, when we stop fearing death and face death and we're okay with it, but it's this, but these, these two aspects that are happening, the sextile and the trine, like, like you said, it's not just like, oh, this will just be all magical. Can it be? Absolutely. If you tap into it yourself, yeah. like even collectively, we're not just going to see it all change things. And it's the same as like the, all of the 2020 stuff. It was like when the exact hit happened, we all sort of like, I was on the beach in Thailand. I'm like, yeah, yeah, shit's all good. It's the aftermath, darling. So it's not, <laughs> like, it's the aftermath. Like just because two planets hit on one day, like we're looking at the ripple effect. Like that was in the middle of the ocean, wait for the fucking tsunami. And that yeah. is that is the difference with what's going on too, because you know, 20, I've said when people are like, oh, you know, wake me up when it's over. I'm like, okay, see you in like 2027. Like, because the thing is, is that what we've got coming up, like 2026 for me personally, there's a bit of an exhale there, but it's a recalibration. Like you said, putting the pieces back because if you don't get in order and anchored and priorities and yeah, really working with these Venusian archetypes that you so beautifully put as this, you know, this, this diamond head that we're all coming towards, but so many is still just holding onto the, the tail of that dragon, right? Like they're holding onto the South Node, like, yeah, exactly. They're going to fucking fight. But as soon as we push through that, like, you know, that's what we've got next year, but 2023 through 2026 is huge with, with transits and, and new ingresses. So it's really, really massive. And, and interesting with the Pluto stuff, I, I wrote that Pluto destroys the scaffolding you know like there's scaffolding in place like energetically for us all or globally yeah. and it's destroying that it's not replacing it let me just be clear it's not being replaced with something else it's completely annihilating it and that's pluto and again like the fact that mars is the co-ruler of scorpio you know the traditional ruler and mars will go into aquarius and taurus and leo next year um, you know, not Leo, sorry, Taurus and Aquarius, and then will retrograde in Gemini. Like that's what Mars is doing. So that's very fascinating as well. Like we've got Pluto. No, I haven't, I haven't gone that deep in yet. Yes. So Pluto. But that's extraordinary. The, yes. That Mars is going to touch both nodes. Exactly. As, uh, while as the, node the is, south node is changed into his classical rulership sign. Damn. Which is interesting because it means Pluto's hit the nodes, which is the ruler. Venus will, will do her thing and Mars is also doing it. So it's very dynamic. It's very, very dynamic. And it's really, you know, it's, you know, there's excitement, but yeah, you want to uh, be aware. You know, you want to be really prepared and really aware. Yeah. I'm going to start quoting you, honey. I'm going to start saying things like when people say, you know, I'm going to say, it's the aftermath, honey. It's the aftermath, honey. And, you know, and and it just is, you know, that's what I've witnessed in astrology over the decades. I've been watching it too. And that's why even when Pluto ingresses into Aquarius, March 2023, get ready, like that's a taster. And what I learned yesterday with my other astrologer friend, Katie, she's like, the the ingress of late Capricorn to early Aquarius of Pluto takes us back to colonization where Africa would like it takes us back to those things like colonization uh, whoa so it's that portal that's going to be quite interesting and that's Mark that's 2023 so let the fucking games begin and then we move into 2024 and then we've got 
you know, and then Saturn in Pisces. And I mean, we're going to just keep talking for the rest of our lives together, me and you. Come on. Like, there's so much to talk about. There's so much to talk about. And I promise we will do this every year. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, it has just been, you know, is there, I think sometimes it's nice also for us, Michael, to just touch on, because this was so collective, you know, just touching on like personally, hey, you know, for people with late degrees, um, fixed late degrees cardinal, like how that's going to work out with the Pluto and the South Node, North Node. Yeah. I have, I have 30th degree Leo sun. And yeah. so I, and 29th degree Leo Venus. So Pluto is in March of next year, starting a three year in conjunct to my sun and my Venus. So mm. I feel like that I, I've had moments in the mirror where I was terrified of this transit of just like having to let go of aspects of who I think I am and yeah. aspects of how I think love looks like in my life. And so I welcome that. Um, but I, I also, and I don't know if this is what you were asking about, but I also like appreciate being alive at this time. Yeah. Really being fully ready to serve. Yeah. Like, I don't even mean like half ready to serve like I was at like 45. I mean, like fully ready to serve at a moment when the world is transforming from Pluto's movement. So am I. Yeah. I, I I'm going through two, three years of transformation starting next year, courtesy of Pluto. And I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to meet the world that is being built by us brick by brick, piece by piece. And I think and that's the thing too, like being solid in your own astrology practice, like, you know, Pluto's opposing my moon for the next two years, plus Uranus is hitting all of my Taurus planets um, and Saturn's squaring them. So I'm getting, I don't know, it feels like I'm getting what you're getting at this point, like the same, it's, it's quite a, it's quite a new, Shake up. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Like, you know, big changes, big changes. So um, yeah, ultimately, you know, what I was just, alluding to is also in your own chart everyone to really look at you know that 26 to 28 degrees cardinal because that's where Pluto will be next year and then you can look at the later degrees in fixed signs like Michael said he's got the later degrees in that Leo so that means when the nodes move in in January they're going to be making it either a square or a conjunction or, or an opposition so it is always everything that we share in this panel has always that deep invitation to to, to really yeah. apply it to your own dive in and embody, yeah you know that's really the that's really the main key but collectively it's you know we're in like you said for some you know some hot 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 few years and um yeah it's going to be very fascinating i'm glad i get to journey with such a an amazing colleague like you michael so thank, thank you, you so I much feel the same way thank you for having me it's always a pleasure always a pleasure thank you all darlings um, and I hope you loved that one as much as we did. Thank you, Michael.